Yeah, she us had, hanging. Well, I was impressed that she was talking about her routine. Uh, I'm like, wow, she's committed a lot of time to do this that has nothing to do with anything. I've not that, done anything ever to that level. Yeah, no, many people have not. That's yeah. what's crazy is like the level of professionalism that goes into something that for us is the opposite of our profession. Not yeah. the opposite, but in the course of a day, they don't couldn't overlap. be further from trying to be a professional when you walk yeah. in the gym and you're like, I'm trying to be normal. I'm trying to like get innate, like in tune with all of the humanity mm. involved in. Yeah. And, and so it is a full-time job, really. That's what I was thinking on, on our last episode, listening to her talk. Like this is full-time job. Maybe she may even take it more serious than I take my full-time job. It's crazy. I feel that. My full-time job doesn't care about what I eat. You know what I mean? No. So, yeah, she's got to have a lot of stuff dialed in. And something that she said kind of sparked, if I could, kind of sparked a thought process for me for this episode. You want yeah. to hop on the segue? Yeah, I am. Wow. I am. And I'm admitting it openly. It's a new day for me. Uh, but she was talking about being on the competition floor and having a certain level of fear. And uh, it just had me rolling with that line because there are a lot of times where a lot of us are afraid before that uh, clock goes off and I'm talking about just on an average workout and I started to put together for me personally especially in the beginning of starting CrossFit the Olympic lifts were that thing um, and I'd lo- like to have a discussion because I think as I watch people especially as they're transitioning out of on-ramp there's a distinct uh, difference between watching somebody Olympic lift for maybe the first time in their life to even getting six to eight weeks down the road, the improvement that's made. But it feels pretty nerve-wracking, I think, for a lot of different reasons. And I was wanting to pick Caleb's brain this episode because if you're in CrossFit for over three days, you're going to hit an Olympic lift, it feels like. Well, even another layer to that is like people that I talk to that are active gym people, non you know, CrossFit. Yeah. Um, they like one of their biggest holdups is like how much Olympic lifting average Joe's to call mm-hmm. back to dodgeball from 2004, uh, how much Olympic lifting regular people actually end up having to do as a part of their prescription um, regimen and stuff. Yeah, like that. absolutely. And it's awesome. I love it. I, I love when there's an Olympic lift in the workout now. But that is not the experience when you first walk in. We spend a lot of our day as coaches encouraging people's effort in doing something that they don't enjoy at first. I think that in the gym, there's probably few things that people don't enjoy more than the Olympic lifts when you don't feel confident with it. The reason that they don't enjoy it is because there's so many things to think about. It would be like a golf swing. Mm-hmm. Um but more physically taxing. It's like there's so many different, it, there's so many ways to be super complex with it that it can be paralyzing. And the fear of, like you said, even more than just the movement itself, do I look like an idiot in front of everyone? Mm. That is the real fear that I think people people come to us and talk about. 
Um, and so that's what a lot of our job is, is helping people not only overcome that challenge, but also embrace the challenge of trying something new physically that's going to translate maybe not into having to snatch a bag of flour off the ground. Like the reality is like, no. I don't know where that came. Suddenly we're at the general store. That is an Instagram thing waiting to happen. People doing things, everyday things as fast as you would do it. As fast as possible. Like an Olympic lift. That's right. And so like putting the things together, like we're realistic about what it actually is doing for you. And so I think the conversation that we try to have with people is just trying to imagine um, anyone trying to be better at doing complex movements and that is movements that are not as simple as a bicep curl we're still going to do curls in the gym but it's also really important to which for a lot of people they spend years doing things in their real in in their life outside of the gym that mimic the olympic lifts or not the olympic lifts in the terms of the weight but just the complexity of um, hinging my hips back so I can bend down and pick this child up. And because my arms aren't strong enough or because whatever the object is, I can't just lift it with my arms. Mm. I'm actually going to have to brace myself and lift it using my legs and just make sure that my back doesn't round forward and snap when I try to pick this weight up. Oh yeah. And so you see this and I think that in that conversation is helping people also realize that it doesn't mean you got to walk into the gym and try to PR this lift to get the most benefit out of it. Mm. That comes, but yeah. it doesn't have to be heavy to be effective. Yeah, absolutely. And it, that's always the pressure, right? Like, oh my gosh, the, the person next to me has blue plates and I've got green plates. Most or- of the fear, yeah, most of the fear isn't the actual lift. It's I'm doing something wrong because it's not as heavy as that person is. Mm-hmm. And so that's where a lot of, I think, our job as coaches is to try to help relax people's mind about, trying something new and help them just welcome the chance to try a new skill and realize that you're at 99% of the population who's afraid to do new things just by walking into the gym and trying something that um, is, for lack of a better term, a little bit fearful or can can make people a little bit afraid. Yeah, of- there's almost zero muscle memory with these things. You know, it is completely fresh, completely new. And a lot of people learned... W- what they did about Olympic lifting learned it incorrectly, which is that's a whole nother conversation where you yeah. learn how to interact with a barbell and what, what was taught to you. But it's interesting that this is one of those things where it is very intricate. And like you said, before we turn the mics on, you could geek out about this for literally this, this could be a whole podcast, you know? Um, but at some point, all of our coaches reach into the athlete's world and say, okay, now you're overthinking it. You're thinking too much about hitting power or you're thinking too much about this thing. Like you do have to kind of relax so your mobility doesn't all go away and you're all up in your brain about it. Yeah, there's, there's so much of Olympic lifting in particular and I think where we're going with this episode in particular isn't as much in the weeds about the Olympic lift itself, mm-hmm. but why does it exist and what do we try to do with it? I think when people understand this is probably going to help me even if I can't connect the dot to what I'm going to do when I get home from the gym today. Yeah. Like you could walking upstairs or, you know, a squat, for instance, is a little bit easier for people to see because they're going to sit down on the toilet every day and they're going to stand up. Ideally. Ideally. Yeah. (laughs) We can work with that too. Uh, But the Olympic lift, you know, a barbell snatch, uh, it's funny because my wife is not 
she's not a competitor CrossFit. Like she loves to do it. It's been fun. It's been a journey of something she's learned to enjoy more. But she tells me all the time that uh, how much people hate the Olympic lifts, especially mm. like a snatch. She's yeah. like, yeah, there weren't as many people at the gym today because we were snatching, you know, and yeah. says things like that. And I'm like, I totally get it. I get that it can be intimidating to a point where people don't want to come in the gym. But what we're trying to do is help people see this is a really, it can be such a growth thing, even if you even beyond the 10 physical skills of what it helps, even just the mentality of trying a new thing and doing multi-joint movements and the coordination that you're going to see over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, how it's going to translate into now when I'm 60 or 70 years old, the expectation of what I can do normally, Mm. um, it has changed drastically. I would also say there's nothing like an Olympic lift for diagnosis purposes, you know, um, watching someone do a particular Olympic lift, but because it's so complex, it just highlights like, whoa, we've got some ankle mobility issues here. Flexibility yeah. is a very important skill to have because mm-hmm. flexibility keeps you safe and it makes it easier to do things. And so for Olympic lifters, you realize Olympic lifters, the ones that do it well, they're some of the most flexible people in the world. And so what the Olympic lift does do is it helps you highlight, oh, this is what happens when I sit at a desk for 20 years. This is how I lose the ability to lift my arms over my head without doing this funky kind of yeah. curling thing yeah. just to bring your hands over your head. And so, yeah, and we don't use it to diagnose and we don't obviously throw weight on a bar and say, oh, see, you've been sitting at a desk. Like, man, that sucks. <laughs> Told you. Yeah. Yeah. But- it does help you realize, like you said, oh man, I could work on this flexible, this flexibility that I could work on, this mobility I could improve. Yeah, it will help the snatch, but that doesn't do anything because I'm not snatching when I go home at night. Mm-hmm. It's this desire to maybe treat this as a sport and a fun thing to pursue getting better at every day is going to bring with it the habits that bring a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, because I mean, we're getting to the heart of like, you could be fit without involving Olympic lifting. That's going on all around us all the of time. Course. Yep. Uh, but I think when we're talking about, Meredith highlighted this in her episode as well, what's going on between the ears, as we say, to be able to face that challenge. And Olympic lifting is not the only thing. Uh, I mean, you've got people who have a real challenge doing toes to bar because of mobility issues or just some fear about being up there on the rig and being in that position. We see it a lot also with double unders, people just avoiding learning those double unders because in elementary school, they couldn't skip rope or yep. whatever you call it. So it's one of those things that shoes as, like you say, not die. there's a way to expose lack of ankle mobility easier. That's right. Um, but for people who have been in the gym for a while and have been lifting for a while and have been able to kind of compensate on these other movements for a lack of mobility, well, when you put yourself in a full snatch where you're going overhead and you're like, you can't hide it anymore. You know, like we've got to finally address this. It gives you some, um, it breaks up the monotony of traditional training movement. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the great benefits. We talk about this all the time. I can't tell you how many people come in to the gym to inquire about doing CrossFit. Um, and they are, the number one reason they're looking is because they're bored. They're not doing these multi-joint movements. And because of that, it's just boring them to death. It's like, am I really going to spend 20 years doing 
curls, you know, back and bias on Monday, Yeah, you know, squats on Tuesday, cardio on Wednesday. And so what the Olympic lifts do is it gives you an additional um, set of movements yeah. that also increase your power and speed and agility and flexibility, but it also gives you something that's different than the traditional gym. And that's going to expand your... Um, it's going to expand the uh, directory of movements that you have that's going to help break the monotony that helps lead to fitness down the road. So that's another kind of benefit to that is, mm-hmm. you know, you say the snatch is not fun, but the combination of all those different snatch, dumbbell, hang snatch, power snatch, squat snatch, overhead squat, all these different movements, that gives you years of variety that I think is going to contribute to overall better health in the long run. Yeah, to me it feels like that, and I'm, I could be wrong about this, but to me it feels like the secret sauce because when you drop um, something like that into a Metcon, and I'd love to address this, there's a little bit of controversy around that too. Like, it's not safe. It's not safe to do that in the middle of a Metcon. Well, if you're doing like 90% of your one rep max, like, yeah, it, it isn't safe, well, but you- that's not what we do, you know? Um, but when you take something, and I'd love to hear this from a coach's perspective, all you have to do is change an Olympic lift. 10 pounds and it makes a completely different workout Mm -hmm. all you have to do is leave it the same weight but combine it with a different thing so now we're doing box jumps instead of running 400 meters it just allows so much more color to appear in the workout which is variety of training and provides that different challenge because you have to have awareness as an athlete whoa last time we did hang snatch it was combined with different things but it was 75 pounds this time, we got a different combination. It's 95, lower rep scheme. It just engages your brain at a different level. There's, there's so many things to say, I think, with that. First, the, typically in a workout, what most people would call their workout of the day, where the heart rate's up and the intensity is there, your, your weight should not be a weight where you're thinking, oh, this is strength work. What you're trying to do is keep the intensity at a certain level where your body's going to have that adaptation. Mm-hmm. And if you go too heavy to an unsafe weight, then absolutely that's going to not that's not the point anyway. It's hurting your fitness. Yeah. It's hurting your fitness yeah. if you're too heavy anyway. So that whole injury thing, I think, um, and the other side is anytime you would get your heart rate up, there's a risk of you losing control of your body. So that's where the injury thing with CrossFit is busted because you ask PTs and chiropractors and orthopedists, they're all going to tell you they have constant streams of people getting hurt because we're humans. And mm-hmm. when, we, when we are doing the 5K training or we're doing the, the triathlon training, we're going to wreck our bike. We're going to step off the curb funny. Um, we're going to do things like that. What Olympic lifting does is taking you through full range of motion. It actually is going to not only um, strengthen the multi-joint and doing multiple things at a time as far as body movement, but it's also going to help with that range of motion. It's going to help protect you from the simpler movement of going and running, you know, and stepping off a curb funny because you are moving with load through a lot greater range of motion Mm. as opposed to getting on a rower and having one hinge or think about a runner. If you were to just take this like skeletal frame of a runner and watch the range of motion that's involved in running, there's no no wonder that there's not a lot of protection from injury because it's it's a short stride 10,000 times. Yeah, repetitive. It's yeah. just the most repetitive thing, whereas an Olympic lift allows you to move through range of motion where you build strength across a lot of different ranges. And that, I think, helps prevent injury more than 
avoiding movement. You yes, know, certainly. you would never say, let's avoid movement so we cannot get hurt. It's no, let's move. We're just going to move at a weight that's correct and then we'll increase it over time. And so I think that whole just throwing your fitness out because you're afraid to get hurt. Mm. I, I think you talk to anyone in the medical field who is involved in treating injuries and they're going to tell you people get hurt. People get hurt from doing standing nothing. up. Yeah. Out of the, <laughs> right. yeah, it happens a lot. And yeah. I think also the way that we combine it, and you mentioned this before, uh, but it's not all with the barbell. We've this dumbbell thing that moved into CrossFit years and years ago has been really beneficial uh, where you're isolating left and right side so you can see what's going on. Because sometimes you can compensate that with the bar as well. Uh, a big part of this conversation too, though, and I, and I really, really want to make sure that we mention this, there's so much joy involved when one of these lifts begins to go well. When you put the work in and you realize, man, I've had to do all sorts of stretching over time and I had to drop my weight down to something that did, and I'm air quoting here, feel embarrassing in the beginning. Uh, but there's a reason why when you check someone's Instagram or their, their social media and you see them hit a lift, it's just like this outrageous amount of joy. People misunderstand, oh, well, that was a PR because it was so heavy. No, that's not it. It's that the lift finally went like everyone's been describing that it's supposed to go. It like. felt lighter. It it's felt when lighter. your body moves correctly, weight yeah. doesn't feel. And that's what's great about the Olympic lifts. And you can go through all the way back to the CrossFit journals. What is CrossFit? You know, and they talk mm-hmm. about the importance of weightlifting and how, yes, weightlifting is strength and power um, and stamina and these aspects of fitness that you can do, like you said, in any other any sure. other fitness routine, yeah. but adding in things like agility and accuracy, that gives you the sport of weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it becomes a thing where you can improve your technique and get a reward for it, as opposed to, you know, the dumbbell curl where there's no technique involved. No one's celebrating going up four, five pounds in a dumbbell curl. Yeah, you know, because there's not anything that's not fun with that because it's it's only measuring a small area of the ten physical skills that are involved in being a healthy human, mm-hmm. and so for the Olympic lifts, like you're saying, when you add in accuracy and the technique, the technical corrections that are involved, if you make it fun, and that's a huge asterisk, if the yeah. coach can make it fun for Agreed. you, and if it's light enough for you to be able to think and do it, and not just have your your body freak out and kind of go into fight or flight and not do it correctly. It gives you these aspirations of building to from 35, 45 pounds to, and everybody's not going to build infinitely, but you have this range that makes it fun to chase for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt for me, in my CrossFit journey, at the beginning, the stuff that was really getting me down was my aerobic capacity. And we, a lot of us have that experience too. Like, wow, I almost had to stop three minutes into this workout. Uh, that stuff kind of felt like drudgery. But for me, the wins on the barbell that weren't weight-driven. I mean, I was the weakest guy in there. But I mean, absolutely the weakest guy in there. But I remember one day, I actually heard the click of the weights on the bar. And I'm like, man, I've been hearing mm-hmm. other people, men and women in this gym, during these Olympic lifts, they have the, the click where the weight hits the bar because you hit power correctly. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, man, that just happened for me. So it was kind of like hitting, hitting it in the fairway on, on 18. You're like, all right, now I'm going to come back. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And so yeah. that's where we, we're talking about like the sport of it, not sport in a competing, but the sport of doing something well and being rewarded for it. I think for, um, we talked about even, I mean, this is kind of back to what we talked about a minute ago, but balance. Balance is crucial for being a healthy human. Mm -hmm. Think about, I mean, the studies, we could probably Google it right now and figure out the amount of falls and things that injure people severely as you age, especially, and people talk about losing balance as they get older. Well, moving weight through space and not just doing a a leg press where you just brace yourself in the machine and the weight crushes you and you push it, or a curl, or even a shoulder press, or these, um, these strict movements. Whenever you start to incorporate something that involves a lot of different movement altogether, like golf or like shooting a basketball. Um, a lot of the things that make team sports fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it, gives you, it gives you this joy and this sense of working towards something. It doesn't matter what the weight is. The celebration for doing better at it and doing it right and hearing the click on the bar. Yeah. When, you, when you hit power position correctly and the weight flies up, the joy that people who are moms, dads, grandparents, teenagers, you know, all across the spectrum of, uh, of the people that we get to interact with every day. It's the same for everyone. And it gives you something fun to work towards for decades. Yeah. So for those that are listening, they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in that spot. I just didn't know how to talk about it where that bar causes me a lot of anxiety because I'm, I'm not really great at this from a coach's point of view and a coach's coach. What advice do you have for our listeners that have that sense of trepidation when they see that Olympic lift on Sugarwad? I think doing it lighter. And I know that seems like you're cheating or you're going to miss a good workout. You're not going to miss a good workout because the workout is the workout of the day where there's the Olympic lift mm-hmm. is going to be intensity. And that doesn't require a really heavy weight that slows you down. I see. When we do it as strength work before the workout of the day, and it's a 10-minute EMOM or it's a complex of a power snatch and a hang snatch, um, using that time to re- recognize that everyone in the building is walking up to the wall they can't get through and they're saying, what can I do to chisel away a little bit at this wall of whatever weight is you know, the weight that I'm struggling with or that doesn't feel comfortable? And so when you remove the, the inhibition of, or when people's fear of how I look, one, they always look better than they think they look. Agreed. You don't, you don't think you look good at it because you're not confident with it. Mm. Um, that is something everyone can relate to. So you're, you're doing the same thing as everyone else. Then I think just realizing that part of the benefit is not even the physical, but of just trying a new thing and being confident with it. And, you know, we learn with, we learn with lighter weight. We tell people 60% is about as heavy as you can go to necessarily work on your technique. Once you start getting over that, then it starts to add in a little bit of your strength capacity. And it's hard to, when you're over 60%, it's really hard to think about the bar placement mm-hmm. as much as just give it what I got, yeah. you know, or All else those it's not coaching going cues. up. Yeah. Yeah. And so just encouraging people to don't be afraid to go as light as you can to be able to think about it and realize you're still going to benefit from coming into the gym, even if it's not a weight that feels like your back squat 
work would feel. Yeah, or, or deadlift. Those are two. You yeah, know. so many times people think it's got to be really, really heavy. And it's like moving the bar from 75 pounds to 95 pounds isn't moving the needle a ton mm-hmm. as far as your hamstrings go. Right. And so let's, let's bring the weight down a little bit. You're going to benefit so much more in six months, six years, 20 years from taking that time, taking you know 20% of weight off learning how to do it right and experiencing fitness at a increased level as you go through. I love it. And I love this conversation actually can expand out to almost anything because when people are looking at, at SugarWide, which most of us do, <laughs> you know, and you have something on SugarWide like, oh, anything but that, you yep. know, how do you approach that mentally? The Olympic lift uh, can be some of that. I mean, for some people, it's like, oh my gosh, there are three 800s in this workout. Running, or, yeah, yeah, running. Running is a big one. So it gets you into that cherry picking mentality. But um, we're identifying that Olympic lifting is a big one, but there are others. And often it is individual, you know, total bar is another one. Uh, kind of these higher skill things people shy away from, but to, to debunk that or demystify that to say, all right, let's back down a little bit and you're not sacrificing. This is a huge concern for people that are making so many sacrifices and commitments just to get there. It's a huge concern that they would like fall short. Like if I go down to just doing the bar with this. Here's what's great about CrossFit is that it is not made up movements for the sake of doing the movement like a lot of things. There's a lot of fitness things that rely on these novelty and these kind of things that are just made up. And you look at it and you're like, that doesn't look normal. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look very human. It Looking looks kind of like you're trying really hard. Yeah. yeah. But the thing with Olympic lifts is no matter how light you go with the movement, you're still working on things that are going to be essential to a healthy life outside of the gym. And so no matter how light you go with the weight or what your skill level is, there's an aspect of... Um, common movement that's going to benefit you and movements that are common to everyday life. Yeah, even as most basic thought process, that's on the ground. I'd like to get it over my head. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean it, I think in, so it doesn't, like what we said, like the reality is you're going to do more curls with your groceries than you are snatches. No mm. one's slinging a grocery bag over the top of their head. Maybe, today. maybe. <laughs> but there's, that still doesn't mean that there's not a place for it, and it doesn't mean that you can't benefit from doing it, even if you're doing it at a lighter weight. Yeah, so I would encourage, now we got to get on to outside the box, but I would encourage the for all of our listeners, whatever that movement is, when you, when you see it programmed for the day, just try it once to make that different decision, to go in there and face it, and have that mentality to talk to your coach, obviously, that you're in that headspace. But to say, you know what, I'm going to back down to where it's lighter and if I feel a little more comfortable with this, I feel like the uh, the benefits and the increased joy of defeating that obstacle and moving it out of your way, really big deal. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal. And I think what's great about our coaching staff, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, the joy that our coaching staff has for teaching people and for working with humans, not just teaching movements so they can accomplish it. Like we don't care if there's 15 people who are doing the movement well. At the end of the day, we care about the people who are doing the movement well. Mm -hmm. And so when you have that approach, I think it does kind of break down that barrier of saying your success in the gym is not determined by whether you hit this lift or not or whether you hit this PR. 
And that's why we don't celebrate PRs the same way. That's still important. Like we still absolutely celebrate them. But there's still a sense of it doesn't mean you failed if you didn't get that. You can still have a victory whether or not it's on paper that you, you know, had your best day ever. Yeah. You know, or that you uh you beat your friend who's, you know, right beside you doing the lift. Yeah. There's still so much joy for us working with the people and seeing the growth and seeing the challenge accepted that makes it really fun. And when that happens, I think everyone the environment shifts around those things. And now it's like, oh man, I learned a little bit. I chipped yeah. away a little bit at something that may take me three years. There's one less thing I have to avoid. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Which is great. All right, speaking of something we were avoiding. Yeah. Outside the box. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, that was no, a little confusing. Let me handle this. Wow. Outside the box. I don't know if you can hear, but my I can't hit my falsetto right now. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you have the seasonal. The seasonal allergies that in Mississippi are year-round. Yeah. You just trade one for the other. Yeah. All right, outside the box, what are you guys consuming these days? What's uh, what's on your mind? What's on the entertainment palette? So, as this episode releases, it will be the day before the final episode of Kenobi releases. Mm. So that's I have not been watching anything, but I'm watching this. Thus far, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't know if you guys have watched it or not. Well, so this this kind of stuff like Mandalorian, I'm like, eh. Have you watched? Mandalorian's awesome. Pretty good. You yeah. should go watch it. Kenobi, I think, one, had a lot of hype. Uh, and it could still even get better. It's only the halfway. beginning of Mandalorian, I thought, this is one of the greatest things they've ever done. But it, it felt like it dragged towards the end. I liked season two better than I liked season one. Really? Mm-hmm. Anyway, there is one character, and if you've watched the show, you already know who I'm going to say. But there's one character that is just, like, keeping me from thoroughly enjoying the show. Mm. And there's hints that maybe she'll die. <laughs> and she'll get out of the way because <laughs> she's not good. Isn't it bad when that was, that's what you're hoping for? Yeah. Uh, so I'm fingers crossed that at the time of this release that I am happier with my one intake of media that I've had in the past six months so that I can just be a little more joyful in life, but it's not looking good. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Okay. Wow. Dejected. Man. Please, Caleb, have something better to say that, than that. <laughs> yeah, I, media wise. So, and it's hard. We're keep it. We're trying to keep it outside the box. Mm-hmm. There's kind of an outside the box, but there's overlays of being inside the box. Something that I have found fascinating in the fitness industry, specifically the CrossFit CrossFit space, is this. Um, this now, uh, I guess, uh, revolution of people recognizing the favoritism that's shown in the athletes that are big names mm. um, and some of the judging. And what I'm excited about is the consistency of the sport of fitness and people being willing to call CrossFit out for their inconsistency, with specifically with regards to rules and judges. Here's the thing with the sport, we just had Meredith on here talking about all those hours thousands and thousands of hours each year that go to trying to accomplish the goal of making it to the CrossFit Games and competing at the CrossFit Games. And you have, you're basically putting your fate into the hands of volunteers who are judging you and judging the other athletes around you. And there's been a really, it's been incredibly inconsistent in the way they've treated certain athletes. 
with others, especially the ones that have the big Instagram followings, the one that CrossFit media leans on to advertise. And so one of the things that they've started doing is recognizing all those kind of flaws in the systems and that's starting to get called out. And now people are able to recognize like, you know, it's not like this is people's entire careers oh my are being determined in a weekend of six workouts, you know, collectively, I don't know, maybe 50 minutes of exercise where someone's counting for you or someone's determining. And that needs to be a little bit more professional. It's like not having, it's like having a rule book, but having volunteers interpret it. And when you talk about people, very fit people moving very fast, it can be really hard to kind of blur the lines there. So that's been something that's been on the, I know a lot of people in the community are, mm-hmm. are getting into now and starting to see as all these semifinals are shaken out. That's always been odd to me, really, that, I mean, I guess I, I get it because of the way that CrossFit and all, you know, took off and all these things. But I mean, you look at all these professional athletes and, you know, cities have been on the verge of riots over calls about, did they hit the bag yeah. or was it pass interference or whatever? And we've got guys that are just uh, men and women that are happy to be out there with the competitors and probably a little starstruck, like, am I really going to know Rep Frazier here? Like, is that how that works? Yep. Or, so to have some confidence of like the stripes that are out there, they're the law, you know, and they've been trained and they go to school for these things. And, and they get paid for these things. And, they and so they take things, themselves yeah. seriously. It yeah. can be, uh, anyway, so that's one aspect of it. Another thing I'm really excited about is that there's a new growing movement of all the ways that CrossFit is, the competitive side is geared towards a shorter athlete and all the ways that taller athletes essentially have their career or their their year ended by having to do something extra that the other athletes don't have to do, such as raising the bars up on the gymnastics rig. This has happened in a couple semifinals, and they have said we're not moving the bars. This happens at the CrossFit Games with the rings, but when the height is too short, we tell people this in on-ramp, oh, let's find a little bit taller bar so you can point your toes and you can keep a good hollow position as you move from a Mm. hollow to extended position in a kip swing and you start to do a pull-up or a ring muscle-up. If you cannot extend your feet without hitting the ground, you are going to break your ankle, break your toe, jack your back up or something else. And so what taller athletes are having to do at these semifinals is they're having to essentially do a lot more strict movements than the other athletes who are shorter who are able to kip through it. And so, you know, you've got, that example that's happened to specifically, there's a guy that was at, I believe it was Granite Games, and he missed the games after one workout, and there was a workout with 72 pull-ups, and he was so tall that he could grab onto the bar standing flat-footed. And so he was having to not do the thing that is on CrossFit's methodology of teaching how to do a pull-up or how to do a kip swing. He was having to change his movement all because they didn't want to just raise the bars up a little bit. And so that's another thing I'm really excited about. Wow. Is... So uh, you're showing some love to the taller athletes. Yeah, I thought you were headed towards like, well, it's it's harder for taller people, handstand push up, burpee, blah blah blah. I'm like, look, man, you're talking about something that is easily changed, easily fixable. That they're yeah. just like, nah. <laughs> so they what they do is they put the bar and then they bring little riser pads for shorter athletes to stand on so they can get to the bar without having to jump really high. Mm-hmm. But the taller athletes are just screwed. Man, that is... Uh, Discrimination. So, yeah, there's some cha- changes occurring here. I yeah. like it. Yeah, so there's some there's some uh, a growing movement of people that are like, all right, we're taking it, we're calling them out. And Thanks, Castro. He's so, back. Yeah, he's back. Well, this is part of a lar- larger conversation, too, of just 
CrossFit and CrossFit competitions maturing. It's like it's getting some years behind it and it's figuring out, okay, we we did have to double down on these particular things and expect the unexpected and all that, but it's just different now. Like people are literally changing their entire lives to get ready for these things and they're spending every day dialing in the smallest little change and then there's something that is giving an advantage to somebody else. It's just different. Yep. We're we're not at the, we're not at the the farm anymore. Yeah. You know? It is. It's 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 become a thing where the profes- the level of professionalism it takes to succeed is not met with the same standard of consistency when you actually do get to the thing. So you think about someone like Meredith and um, and these other athletes who are devoting eight to 10 hours a day of total, not always eight hours of exercise, but if not everything in their day centered around their body and their health and recovery so they can repeat it. And then you go to a place and you've got a volunteer that is treating different movements differently um, with different athletes, it's it's kind of a, it can be, I mean, they could be a really big deal your whole life, basically, in the trajectory of, think about going to the games once and the opportunity that presents to not making it and no one ever knowing what you are. And I mean, for a lot of these athletes, it's been 10, 12 years of commitment yeah. to do that. So that's what this. I'm excited about. Yeah. I'm excited about the sport and what what these athletes being able to at least have their fitness level show so the right people can get celebrated for the right fitness level and not have things that are um, unfair or different. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow it. I know it's, it's, it's kind of an inside the box, outside the box, but I'll yeah, allow it. Chase's eyes just glazed over well, when we went back in the box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed said, to be outside Castro. of the box. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. We're back in the box. But really, it used to be at the beginning of this conversation, it was like, well... I got no repped. People get no repped. It's just like part of what oh, happens. Oh, yeah, and, so. and referees mess up and umpires yeah. mess up. That's part yeah. of sports. But it's different if the bases are, you know, like your end zone is 11 yards and the other team's end zone is 10 yards. It's like, all right, now that maybe makes a little difference. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Or yeah. you have to play with a different ball. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, it just, even though Tom the Brady. rules say you got to play with this ball. Yeah. Because it's best for you. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Yeah, well, and we can say to celebrate it, it, it does seem like, all right, this particular thing has gone on long enough. We're at a point where we have to respond. Yeah. And the thing that's probably making that happen is what makes CrossFit so awesome at every level is it's a community of people. Like, I'm, I'm invested in that person not going through that, and I'm never going to meet them because I'm like, that's just not right. Yep. You know? Yeah. So the community standing up and saying maybe maybe CrossFit wouldn't feel the need to address this just on, on its own merit, but because people are invested in that the success of these athletes that they well followed, they appreciate the work that's going into and they it. Appreciate the work. That's yeah. what we all. That's what's in the box, out of the box. It's you appreciate the work that goes into it. It's not simply the genetic lottery you know that person is putting themselves through these challenging workouts to get better and better they're being disciplined outside of the gym and you want them at least to to be able to succeed because you're invested in it as well yeah absolutely and uh just i want it to be ready for when i get there too at that games level that's right and it will so, be it yeah will be. i do need as to draw this athlete. in I, this is a repeat um in as far as the podcast but the bear performance podcast I've mentioned another episode on this, but I stumbled across 
episode 126 with Chad Wright. He's one of those kind of classic, I used to be a Navy SEAL. There's so many of those guys out there these days that it's, I don't know, it's just getting a little old. It's not even cool to be a Navy SEAL anymore. Yeah, really. Like, hoop. That's so, like, early 2000s. But anyway, this guy, he kind of follows that same track, but he surprised me in his interview in the way that he's talking about the mentality not only of fitness, but of your entire life. Uh, Chad Wright, episode 126 on the Bear Performance Podcast. Speak your goals into existence is the title of the episode. (laughs) I was listening to him on the way to a workout the other day, and he was talking about the things that we say to ourselves, the way we use our language before we go into a specific thing. And uh, he said, when we start talking negatively, we've already put ourselves, even if it's at a 4% decrease of success, Mm Just don't talk negative, and you have a 4% increase. That's how that works. But anyway, his line was, he does ultra marathons, which this is like the new sexy thing, I think, to run for four no, straight is. days. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, he does that because he's got that mental game, the Navy SEAL thing. But he goes, man, I, I live in the South. And he's one of those really, I swear he's from Mississippi if he's not admitting it. But he goes, I live in the South and, and people walk around all day. It's hot, man. Isn't it hot, man? And then he follows it up by saying, it's hot. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That's a great line for almost anything. It really is. This workout's yeah. hard. Who cares? You know, this meeting's going to be hard. Who cares? Raising kids is hard. Who cares? I'm choosing hard. So that episode, just this guy's really fired up. He's at 15 the entire episode. It's worth a good listen if you're going in to do an Olympic lift at one of our workouts this week. It's hard. Who cares? It's hard. No, I care. We we care. I can't say that. We care. No, yeah. 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 But just as far as your, your mental game, I think um, there is something to using these hacks, if we could call them that of throwing on a podcast instead of just getting all up in your feelings about how hard the workout's going to be during your windshield time. Throw on a podcast. Have a person challenge you to do hard things and then walk in there and see if it moves the needle some. I'm, I'm going to say, if you listen to this episode, I'm going to guarantee a better performance that day just because you're going to be in a better mental space. I, I got a compliment about our podcast from uh, one of our members who said it changed the workout that day. Come on. Listening to that in the morning at work or driving to work. Um, just the, I think, and I said this to someone today, they probably got mad at me for saying it, but I really, I think that things are what you tell them. Things are what you tell yourself they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so saying it's hard, that's good is very different than that's hard. This is going to suck. And so when you change that, when you make it become something, it actually does. There's no one that says that that's not true. There's no one that says that Agreed. saying it, it still is hard. That, that doesn't change. It's not going to be easy because you said that you, your mindset doesn't all of a sudden make you capable of doing, doing more. You know, 30 yeah, yeah. ring muscle ups in a row, mm-hmm. but yeah. it makes the process more enjoyable. Exactly. And that's what we're out for. Yeah. We, nobody wants to just go suffer every day. No. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's have some fun in there and putting your head in the right space is going gonna, is gonna to make that happen. And as a result, you get better results, right? That's it. Don't you agree, Chase? At all times. You guys are so smart. (laughs) Yeah. It's been fun.
the silky smooth sounds. <laughs>